Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. in which we share conversations with the leading designers, builders, owners, representatives, and more. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Peter Wilson, who is the co-founder of MCM. Based in Newport in Rhode Island, MCM was established in 1988, and it handles both construction management and yacht management on behalf of owners and their teams, who include, of course, their captains. In fact, MCM considers itself the owner's advocate and the captain's ally, as we're about to discuss along with details on what exactly yacht and project management are all about. So, Peter, welcome to Mega Yacht News Radio. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. So I wanted to start with a a basic definition. The terms owner's representative, yacht manager, and even project manager are quite common these days and often used interchangeably, I find. Simultaneously, though, I find that not everybody really understands the full breadth of what they mean. So can you explain and can you also explain whether they are actually all essentially the same thing? Well, I can indeed, and they're, they're, uh, they're similar. Um, and I think that our role is best described as the owner's representative, uh, though we are sometimes referred to as project managers. Um, you know, we have our arms around the boundaries of the project, assembling the team and keeping them focused on their responsibilities in order to meet the drawing delivery schedules and construction milestones and ultimately, um, you know, sea trials and handover. So that's what we do. Uh, We represent the owner's interests. So in effect, we're his mouthpiece. So, you know, in MCM's yacht management division, each yacht has a dedicated yacht manager. So that's a term more aligned with operational management. Um, But, you know, the term project manager um, and owner's representative are, are are pretty interchangeable, I would say. Okay. Okay, good. So then from the project management uh, standpoint, uh, this is obviously a a basic question, but I think it's also one that does need to be clarified. Does an owner need a project manager, meaning an independent project manager? Uh, for, uh, For argument's sake, why couldn't they just rely on, say, their captain or their sales broker to take on the duties? Um, Well, when we started MCM back in 1988, uh, we felt even then that the projects were getting more complicated uh, and, and costly enough and complicated enough the owner really needed to have somebody in his corner. Typically, you know, all these clients are busy people, so even if they do have uh, sufficient knowledge to do the project, they still need somebody familiar with the technical and commercial aspects of a project representing them. Um, you asked whether it could be a captain or a broker. Well, those jobs... You know, the jobs of a captain and the jobs of a broker certainly require a certain skill set. 
that differs to managing a new build. So the captain of today's superyacht is very expert at what he does uh, and, of course, holds all the necessary licenses and has been to school and, and um, you know, have a lot of, lot of experience in, in being a captain, but he may not necessarily have any experience dealing with the nuts and bolts of a new build project. I mean, you know, in, an, in a previous life, uh, I was a hands-on boat builder, so I understand the challenges that the builder faced when trying to actually build the boat. Also, the captain or a broker might not have sufficient familiarity or expertise with the financial and commercial aspects of a new build and what's the norm and what's acceptable practice. Uh, you know, and the money is, is big in these projects, so you need to have your arms around you know, what is customary in those ways, of, of course, as well. Um, but that's you know, not to say they can't do it because not all captains or brokers are created equal, and, of course, some of them are, are very qualified. But in my opinion, an owner would be ill-advised not to have somebody looking out for him and that may sound self-serving, but in terms of cost, delivery time, and meeting his expectations, we're pretty confident that our involvement goes a long way towards achieving the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. Good point. So then when an owner decides that they want to select a project manager, what type of criteria should they look for? Well, the, the most important aspect is, uh, as simple as it sounds, is to ensure that the project manager has the relevant experience. The client needs to know that, that the project manager can, uh, candidate has you know, completed enough projects that are similar in terms of complexity and the size, sophistication and type as to what's being proposed uh, in his particular project. Um, and another thing to be aware of is that the project manager should be fiercely independent with no affiliations with shipyards or suppliers or vendors. They, you know, they, there mustn't be any conflict of interest, in other words. He's got to be looking out solely for the owner's interests. So somebody who's, you know, really, you know, employed by the owner, for the owner, and, and not taking commissions or, or having any uh, unadvertised uh, relationships that, uh, that, the, that, the camp, that the owner should know about. Uh, also, selecting a, a project manager with hands-on bow building experience is a, is a real plus. And it's fair to say that you know, that the discussions aren't always in the boardroom or the design office. Often we're talking directly to the guys on the shop floor. Um, so, you know, solutions are often arrived at standing in the bilges. So knowledge, uh, knowledge to do, to, the knowledge to be able to do that is pretty important. You've got to talk to the guy on the shop floor, whether it's the welder or the electrician or the hydraulics guy or the carpenter, and really be able to discuss it on his level. And having had that experience, we, we know how to do that. Um, I mean, another thing that we feel is important is to hire somebody who's who's been to sea, and that you know it may sound uh, obvious, but not always the case. So you know, somebody that's you know got inshore experience, offshore experience, you know, somebody who understands what happens you know on the darkest of darkest of nights when it's blowing 60 with big waves and and you know and it's dark outside. And having been there, we know how to build a yacht to handle uh, those conditions when everything turns pear-shaped. Mm -hmm. Right, that's true. Everybody thinks about the, you know, the the good things that happen, and of course, you hope the good times are far, far in excess of the bad times. But God forbid, if something does go wrong, you need somebody who understands how to ride it pretty quickly. Well, and you have to remember that you're building a boat, and so you know, having having the the skills to manage a project when it's in the shed is one thing, but but also understanding what happens when it really does get bad at sea is is profoundly important. Mm -hmm. True, very true. So then when is the right time to bring in a project manager? Should an owner bring this person in, say, very early on when they're first considering 
uh, hiring a designer? Um, should they do it after they hire a designer when they're starting to evaluate the shipyards? You know, is there any golden rule as far as that's concerned? Well, in our opinion, uh, to obtain the maximum benefit of the owner's representative or project manager, the owner should really look to get him involved before any contract is signed. Uh, and that includes the naval architect, designer, interior designer, which are often the first on the list, of course. But it certainly extends to the shipyard and third-party vendors. Uh, and that allows us to weigh in on what's customary in terms of agreement, services provided, uh, and the fees, of course, uh, and help steer the project in a good direction you know, from the ground up, as it, as it were. So you know, to get in on the ground floor, we feel we, the, the owner can get maximum benefit and maximum protection uh, from us or from the project manager. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when a uh, project manager steps in or an owner's representative steps in after the design has already been done, obviously it's not a, a bad situation. Uh, I'm thinking about the situation you're in with uh, Najiba at FedShip. As I understand it, you became involved after the design was already pretty well set. So can you talk about uh, how you became involved and and, uh, who approached you? Yes. I mean, in different projects, we get involved uh, on board, if you like, at different stages. As mentioned previously, it's best if we get involved on the ground floor. But in the case of Najiba um, at FedShip, as you say, the design by Vitruvius and Philippe Briand and his team was pretty mature. The interior, however, wasn't. Um, So when we got involved, the contracts with the designer, interior designer, hadn't actually been negotiated or signed, and the shipyard hadn't been selected. So even though the the project was quite mature, there was no commercial uh, arrangements had been been reached. So that meant that we could apply our experience and proper commercial discipline to, to these parts of the process and truly represent the client and protect him as we negotiated with them all, which, you know, as I said, it was the, you know, uh, Vitruvius, it was the interior designers, Liege, the shipyard and so on. So um, uh, you asked how we got involved. Well, uh, quite simply, we, we were contacted by the, the folks at Vitruvius uh, discussing the project and asked if we would like to be um, involved in it. And of course, a project like that, who wouldn't want to be? So, uh, we uh, we started some dialogue and met with the owner and uh, and and hit it off. So it was a, a great experience. Good, great, great. As I understand it, also the owner of Najiba has been really intimately involved throughout the entire design and build process, um, being a, a pretty knowledgeable prior owner. Do you find that it's easier to work with clients like him? people who have years of experience already under their belts, or is it, uh, is it maybe easier sometimes to work with clients who are a little newer, a little greener around the edges and therefore need more of your expertise? Well, in my opinion, we much prefer it when the owners are closely involved in the, in the processes as that way, you know, we know we're implementing their ideas and their wishes, you know, their design input, because after all, without a client, there's no project. And if he's not involved, we might well be building something that doesn't really tick the boxes at the end of the day. So, you know, it's a very personal thing to be doing. So there are instances when the client, for whatever reason, may be you know, inaccessible, building his business or traveling or with family. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we make the calls that need to be made because we have to protect the owner against late decisions, which can result in ultimately late delivery and, and more cost. So, you know, where the owner simply doesn't have the knowledge or experience, we're pretty good at putting the options in front of him in a coherent manner. So, you know, in those cases, we'll make a recommendation as to which one we think is the best and why. So we may give him, answer a question, 
there may be a question to be answered and we'll say, these are the four ways of tackling it and this is the way we think you should and here's why. And uh, so we'll tell him what's best and why we think it's best, including the cost and delivery impact. So it's really a matter of presenting the information in a clear and concise way to the owner. Um, I mean, these guys are smart and given the right information, they know how to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, along those same lines, since you, you were just mentioning that sometimes you present to the clients, okay, here are the four possible ways to go, and we recommend going in this direction. Um, when it comes to the experienced customers, the experienced owners, um, at, at the end of the day, building a yacht is still a matter of the heart versus a matter of the head. And as smart as they are and as much experience as they are, uh, they have, I think maybe sometimes that heart kind of starts to overrule the head. So do you find that some of these experienced clients still sometimes need you to step in and kind of gently steer the project to stay on track in terms of time, et cetera? Um, well, I think that uh, the we do have to present them with the options. So if they if they come up with an idea and they say, I'd like to do this or that to the yacht, uh, we'll certainly cons- consider it very seriously. And if it has an, an effect on the safety or the operation of the of the vessel, we can we can point that out to him and say, this is a really bad idea and here's why. And he can say, well, that's fine. I want to do it anyway. Um, there are other instances where, where they have an idea that might be, as you say, could be very costly and time-consuming. And, and again, as long as we present that information to him and say, look, we can absolutely do what you want to do. It's going to cost this. It's going to take this much time. Uh, it's going to have this effect on performance. Are you okay with that? And, and let him decide. But he can only decide if he's really given the information um, on which to base the decision because, as you say, it can be emotional. He can get an, get an idea and, and be very excited about it. And that's great. And that's as it should be. They should have design input. But uh, they need to know what the impacts are of making such a decision or such a choice, I should say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Najiba is a motor yacht. Uh, and if, if people are familiar with their company, they may remember that MCM has a lot of experience with sailing yachts as well. Are there any real differences in in how you approach the two different types of projects? Well, uh, we've done a number of motor yachts of differing sizes and materials over the years, you know, in steel and aluminum, you know, as you say. So we have a nice group of successful motor yacht projects under our belt. But to your point, MCM was principally known for managing the construction of sailing yachts. And we carved a a pretty nice niche for ourselves uh, in in that space, if you like. But um, as to the differences, of course, you know, there are many. But in terms of complication, you know, both sailing yachts and motor yachts have engines and generators and HVAC systems and audiovisual, you know, and, and on it goes. But in, in the sailing yacht arena, uh, more efforts typically expended on, on performance uh, as, in the motor, as in the motor yacht world. Performance is, you know, typically directly linked to horsepower and, and hull shape. If you want to go faster, you put in more, more horses. Um, so in sailing yachts, there's more to consider in terms of rig design, sail shapes, materials, hull shape, you know, rig configuration, and you know, all, all of those aspects of, of uh, aerodynamics, hydrodynamics, and sailing performance. But uh, that's not to say performance isn't closely scrutinized on motor yachts. Uh, and recently, there have been some real advances in hydrodynamics and design, allowing 
for a lot of these new designs to be you know more fuel efficient that go faster at higher speeds and very stable i mean you know we've seen some some real improvements and advances in in the motor yacht design as well as sailing yachts so um i think that that there is a lot of a lot of uh, synergy between the focus on on both type of yachts mhm you know, you're talking about performance and that leads me to my next question i find um as a a person in the media i'm receiving a lot more um press releases about new designs, new builds, about boats that are skewed towards the performance end of, of uh, the range, uh, sailing yachts and motor yachts alike. These would be sailing yachts where the sail handling systems can hoist the sails far, far faster than before. Uh, in the motor yacht world, it's uh, tending to be boats that are much more fuel efficient. Um, I'm wondering from your standpoint, are you finding that the owners are more educated these days about these types of opportunities and are they kind of the drivers of change? Um, are they really, you know, embracing the chance to do something different or are we still in a, a pretty conservative world as far as the owner's view is concerned? No, I think that, um, I mean, you're right that, you know, the super yachts, uh, whether performance sailboats or large motor yachts have really become you know, increasingly complicated and and uh, sophisticated, and um, you know, a, a lot of these uh, a lot of these owners uh, they do the research, they know what's out there in, in many cases, and they do uh, you know often we are challenged um, by you know by uh, by by the by the owners. I mean, luckily for for us, you know, having been in the business for over 30 years, you know, our knowledge uh, grew with the industry and uh, with ever ever larger yachts being built. Um, so, in terms of keeping up with developments and technology, we never really had to play catch up because we grew as the industry grew. I mean, you know, a lot of our clients are very experienced and knowledgeable, uh, and they've done the research. So often, you know, they'll promote an idea you know, or a piece of equipment they want to incorporate into the project, and our job is to advise them of the implications. You know, whether it's simply cost or impact on delivery or perhaps, uh, as I said, it's a safety concern or a classification society issue. Anyway, it's about laying out the information um, so that, that then they can make a well-informed uh, and educated decision. I mean, you know, owners come in, in all different shapes and sizes, and we've had you know, those at the very conservative end of the spectrum who don't want to reinvent the wheel uh, and others who aren't afraid to push the boundaries and really challenge us. Um, but they all have... You know, particular areas that are important to them. So, getting clear definition of the priorities is essential. You know, but that being said, one of the pleasures of building something truly custom is that uh, that as new ideas come along, they can be considered and implemented, and that means the owner can really feel that it's you know his creation at the end of the day, and not just hiring a bunch of experts who design and build the yacht without his input and then call him in a couple of years and and say it's ready. I mean, there's not much fun in in doing that. So, you know, the ability to really consider the owner's wishes, and, and uh, particularly if they if they do really want to make something special, you know, that might be a very lightweight, very lightweight and high performing yacht, whether it's a sailboat or a motor yacht with different propulsion systems or di different rig designs if it's a sailboat and different sail handling systems. Absolutely, we've we've got to look at all of that and uh, and make sure that uh, if they want to push the boundaries and and really do something distinct, that uh, we can help them do that and achieve what they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Now, still in terms of, of pushing those boundaries, are you seeing more builders and designers eager to embrace these advances and, and kind of be the drivers of change themselves alongside the clients, or is it really still coming from the client side? 
Well, I mean, as you say, you know, you're in the media world and you see these press releases and uh, and concept drawings coming across your desk all the time, I'm sure. And so, you know, a lot of designers really are looking to do something different and, and not do the, the, the cookie cutter, you know, white boat, as it were. So, uh, you know, and in many cases, the owner's getting online, he's doing, he, he's looking around for his next project, and he might see something truly, you know, uh, truly revolutionary or, or certainly fascinating and, uh, and a new, new approach that, that he's attracted to. So I think it's, it comes from both sides. I mean, you know, an owner who wants to build, um, you know, a serious boat, he's not looking to, to, uh, to, to uh, reinvent the wheel, so to speak. But uh, the guy who, who wants to be very unique and do something quite different, he's already you know, looking for those different ideas and something that's out there in terms of a concept might pique his interest. And then he'll call up that designer and they'll start chatting it through and, uh, and developing it further. So, you know, I think it's, it comes from, you know, the inspiration comes uh, from both sides. In, in many cases, we've, you know, we've, we, we can sit down with a client um, and you can be surprised that they, they really do want to do something quite unique and, and push things harder than you might have expected when, uh, in the first conversation or design brief. Because once they realize what the opportunities are, and the opportunities are almost endless, you know, I mean, if you can, if you can afford to do it and think about what it is that you want and describe it, we can normally figure out a way to try and achieve it. So um, that's, you know, again, one of the pleasures of building a custom yacht that you can, you can uh, do, do, uh, um, you can do whatever you, whatever you wish, uh, given the time and uh, financial constraints. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I know you've got a, a couple more weeks or maybe a few more months to go before Najiba launches, so we're going to be watching that project very closely and, and looking forward to learning more about her different and, and unusual features as the owner will allow you to talk about it. Well, be be happy to share with you what we can. She's a, a magnificent yacht, and uh, I'm, I'm sure she'll turn a few heads wherever she goes. Definitely, definitely. Peter, it's been great talking with you today and learning more about what you do and what MCM specializes in. Thanks for your time. Well, my pleasure. I hope your uh, your listeners enjoy it. Yes, definitely. Everyone, if you'd All like right. to learn more about Peter and his team, you can visit their website, which is mcmnewport.com. That wraps up this episode of Mega Yacht News Radio. For more on what's going on in the world of yacht design and construction, you can visit our daily updated website, which is megayachtnews.com. Until next time, I'm Diane Byrne. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.